Welcome to Hive Mind. I'm Meg. I'm here with Eli. Hey, Eli. Good afternoon, Meg. Glad to be back in the studio with you once again. Uh, you, last night, met Lisa Barlow. No, well, you've met Lisa Barlow, but you interviewed Lisa Barlow. I Last night, I met Lisa Barlow in person for the first time. Um, but I, yeah, I've we've spoken on the phone a few times. And it was very interesting. Um, I do not watch The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I know. I know. Um, it's just not... The Real Housewives franchise just isn't really my jam, but I'm glad that it is yours. I appreciate that. Are you under the impression that it's my jam? I mean, I think you spend a lot of time on it. Listen, dude, it's a job. (laughs) You you're telling me right now if you stopped writing about it or podcasting about it, you wouldn't watch the show. You're in, Meg. (sighs) No, you're right. I'd still watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very love hate relationship. What's what is the love and what is the hate for you? The love is, um, I genuinely love all of them, all of the women on that show. You do? They feel like close friends to me. Okay. And like, I've seen like friends of, of the show around places and I feel like I'm seeing an old friend who I know <laughs> everything about, mm-hmm. which is delusional, but I, <laughs> I like that warm feeling I get about them. The hate is the manufactured riffs yeah for about eight episodes it's fun when you get to 29 episodes you're like i am exhausted by did this. they have 29 they had episodes so many episodes this season? this season really yeah it was a whole bunch i don't know if it was 29 but it was a lot weird um okay so, okay yeah so what what happened was um lisa barlow has been for a long time a supporter of equality utah which is an organization that i'm involved with i'm on the board of equality utah and I have uh, taken over this role with Equality Utah to put on these events that we're calling Q Talks. It's kind of like TED Talks, but on LGBTQ issues. And they're fun events. We just invite people to come and kind of speak on on different topics. And and we have musicians come and perform, whatever else. So last night, we had one of these shows, and we invited Lisa Barlow because she uh, has been very supportive of the organization. And she's, you know, kind of an outspoken ally to to people um, based on some you know, personal experiences with LG- LGBTQ people in her family and so forth. We invited her to come be a part of the show and we decided to make her portion of the show an interview where I, I interviewed her and kind of talked with her about how she uses her platform to advocate what she cares for. You know, We kind of had those types of conversations. And uh, it was very fun. I will say she was delightful. Okay. She was a really sweet person. Yeah. Um, she was, we talked on the phone a few times before the event and uh, she was very, very warm and just like so excited to participate in it. I met her husband, John, mm-hmm. super nice guy. The Barlows are my favorite family on are the they? show. Yeah. Why? Oh, they're really funny. John is, Lisa's a lot of chaotic energy, okay. business boss energy. And yeah. John just kind of sits back and makes little witticisms. Mm. Um, and their boys are Jack and Henry are super funny with each other. Mm-hmm. And there was an episode where Lisa says to her son, Jack, what should I wear to this party? And he says, whatever will cover you up the most. And I was like, <laughs> that's such like a teenage boy thing to say to his mom. You know, even if your mom is the real housewife, she's still going to embarrass you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just relatable. And they have Diet Coke cups 
all over their house <laughs> at all times. Steven mm. was next to Lisa on like Draper Parkway the other day and she had a giant Diet Coke in her hand. Love her. I yes. love that for her. Uh, yeah, she, so she was so lovely. So we we just sat on the stage. I think I did like a 15 or 20 minute interview, um, possibly for hive mind purposes. The most interesting part of the interview was I wanted to know what it feels like for her to be in the public eye, mm-hmm. you know, going from not being in the public eye to suddenly being a star of a television show that a lot of people are watching um, and whether she has ever felt like. She didn't like the way she behaved on the show or the way the show portrayed her in the edit. So we we talked about that for maybe five or ten minutes. And she had some interesting things to say about it. She was like, well, look, you you kind of get to a point where if you're willing to do this sort of thing, you just have to accept that, like, it's not you're not always going to come across well. Interesting. And sometimes that's my fault. And sometimes I think like the edit looks a little bit worse than it actually was but like that's just something you just have to accept okay when you're when you're willing to go into this and and she made a joke about uh she said you know that sometimes the edit looks bad and then sometimes there's a hot mic moment well do you know what she's referring to yeah because i'd read the article about her hot mic moment and people kind of laughed and she was like and you know oops you know and sometimes you just you're you're not always on and and um so that that was really fascinating to me. She's like, yeah, you definitely the first you know few episodes that came out felt a lot more sensitive mm. to me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and you kind of get to a point where you're just like, okay, like I, I know I know who I am. I have the people around me who love me. I'm having fun doing this, and that's that's all that matters. Sure, you know. And so that's like, a good perspective. It was yeah, and I think you would have to have that perspective yeah. to be on reality television, right? Yeah. Like I, so my obviously my big reality TV show is Survivor, and I watch that and think all the time how hard it must be for the people on that show to come home and watch it because you're watching other people say terrible things about you. Mm-hmm. You're watching yourself possibly say some bad things about other people. You know, you're not not in your best light, not in your best behavior all the time. And I think like, yeah, you you must just. In order to handle that in a healthy way, you've got to just like develop this perspective like Lisa, you know, talked about. I've heard a number of Bachelor contestants speak about this um, and theirs is a specific kind of hell because they if you are the women who the woman who ends up with the Bachelor, you're watching him have relationships Mm. with 30 other women (laughs) You know, and sleeping with at least two other women, and that's really hard on a relationship. And then all of a sudden, you have this immediate fame. Mm-hmm. There's no build up to it. You are just overnight a fame or famous person, and everyone has an opinion about you mm-hmm. based on the edit. And it can take an enormous toll on mental health. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my friend Lindsay recently, and I, I think she said that she was having a conversation with some like PR people for celebrities and. They, they said, you know, the interesting thing about fame is there are people who are rich and famous. Yeah. There are people who are rich and there are people who are famous. Yeah. Right? Those are kind of your three, th- these three categories of people that they deal with. And they're like, the best thing, the happiest, most well-adjusted people are the ones who are rich but not famous. Yeah. The next best thing is to be rich and famous. But the people who are miserable are the ones who are famous but not rich. Because you have all this, all the same attention, all the same inconveniences put upon you, but you don't have the resources to handle it. And that, I think, is what we see out of a lot of reality stars. A lot of reality stars are also wealthy. But like 
on The Bachelor, for example, or on um, Survivor, like most of those people are not wealthy people. And those shows won't make you wealthy. They won't. I mean, they they might open up some doors for you, but you still have to. You're going to have to hustle for a long time, yeah. and maybe you'll become wealthy. Um, but you'll be famous, and and so I think we see a lot of kind of people messily navigating fame without having a team behind them that's helping curate whatever they're putting out into the world and and that probably feels really messy to add an additional layer onto the real housewives of it all the network bravo is the one that is <laughs> cutting and editing it and i don't know that they're i don't know that they're known for their nuance and yeah you humanity. texted me and she, you were like lisa told me this how the church you know something about how her membership in the church is portrayed on the show yeah. and i was like yeah it's it's Bravo that's doing that. You yeah. know, they're about as subtle as a mallet with anything they touch. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, it's interesting. And I'm and again, like, I think the perspective that Lisa kind of talked about in her interview was just like, I know what I signed up for. OK. And so it that like level of self-awareness is refreshing to see in somebody. And yeah, I love that. But yeah, she's she's great. She's a really lovely person. And I we were just like so happy to have her and and it was very it was a very fun event you could tell people were just like so excited to meet her and see her and Good. hear her talk so. i'm sorry i had to miss it yeah me too i'm just i'm i'm never want to meet these people in real life it would feel weird for you yeah yeah um okay so we both had insane weeks last week mm. so we didn't watch anything i watched one thing can i talk oh, about yeah. it real quick tell well me. two things actually survivor season 42 okay. started uh it's I think it's going to be really exciting. It's they're doing basically the same format that they did in season 41. But the people on season 42, um, they shot this before 41 aired. So these people didn't oh, wow. see season 41. OK, so we're kind of watching the same twists play out with a with another fresh audience or fresh cast of players that don't know what the twists are. Ooh. So it's it's been the first episode was kind of fun because as a viewer, I was like, I know what this twist is and they don't. And so it was kind of fun to like have that yeah. head start. Yeah. Um, the cast seems really great. Um, again, Survivor has like made a commitment to substantially better diversity casting Good. and they don't seem to be casting assholes uh, like they used <laughs> Good. to, Good. which is great. So it's a lot more fun to root for people. And then I watched um, the documentary uh lucy and desi oh yeah what do you Amy think polar it's great okay i mean i could never get enough uh lucille ball content and so i was watching it and i was like i wish this was a 10-part series yeah. because there were like entire parts of her career that i'm like i could do an hour on that and they just distilled it into one sentence okay um but it's a two-hour documentary like they can't do that and so the focus of the documentary is really on the relationship between Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz throughout their lives. And it was really, it was done very gently. Um, Lucy Arnaz, their daughter, is uh, interviewed extensively throughout. Carol Burnett is a big interview throughout. Uh, they they kind of walk through from the time they met to all of the projects they worked on all the way up until his death. And then she died a couple of years after that. Uh, it's very touching. Uh, she It presents the part of her that I think you and I were really frustrated with on me being the Ricardos mm -hmm. where it showed her being like that strong-willed businesswoman. And there was a lot of kind of behind the scenes footage of her directing like entire crews on what to do. And, mm -hmm. and she was just sort of this fearless person and 
could be very prickly and could be very difficult to to work with or be around but like you could tell just had this like innate talent that mm-hmm. you, that was undeniable um and they it portrayed Desi Arnaz pretty well too and i i wasn't sure what the perspective on him was going to be and they were they portrayed him as somebody who struggled with some substance abuse mm. issues um was a bit of a philanderer but by and large was also really nice to Luce, Lucille Ball and like respected her as a as an artist and uh he ended his life when they when his life ended the two of them were on extremely good terms mm. um and they tell this story uh, Lucy Arnaz tells a story about calling Lucille Ball and saying, like, I think you should come down to, I think he was in Florida at the time. She's like, I don't know how much longer he has left. So Lucille Ball flew down to wherever he was and Lucy Arnaz could hear them in the next room and they spent like a day just watching old episodes of I Love Lucy together and laughing. Oh, that's and sweet. It, yeah, and so they they kind of tell like uh, some end of life stories that like indicated that the, these were two people that were like bonded, mm-hmm. but they just couldn't be married. Mm, yeah. You know, and yeah. so... I totally recommend. I think it's on Hulu. Amy Poehler produced it. She did a great job. Great. So, okay. Um, I will say my kids are freaking obsessed with West Side Story. We've been watching a lot of West Side Story. I love that for you. Yes, it's been fun. Stan loves it. Ivy loves it. Ramona loves it. Um, we've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop. Um, that's pretty much it, though. It's did, more Gilmore Girls. Did you watch um, the? Have you watched the original one or the one from I the sixties? It's been a long time. Okay, but I watched it as a kid. Okay, I've never seen it. I mean, it's this is not very different from it. Okay, so I don't know that you need to watch it. Okay. Um. Okay. Then we decided that we were going to talk about the podcast we've been listening to lately. You want to go first? Yes. Yeah. So this started, I think, because I texted you the other day a recommendation um i am obsessed with sarah marshall from you're wrong about yeah she does the you're wrong about podcast i think she is one of the most insightful well-spoken people i have ever listened to Mm -hmm. um she had this excluding present company excluding obviously my favorite podcast of all time is hive mind (laughs) uh but sarah marshall she has this ability to understand nuance and she has like this ability to the whole the whole point around you're wrong about is um, let's not judge things too harshly. There's like there are two sides to every story. And so she's really, really good at seeing humanity in everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very refreshing take because she is like she's a progressive person. She cares about, you know, sensitivities and so forth. But she is able to do it from a place of humanity that she never comes across as overly woke, yeah. quote unquote. And um she she like lends grace to kind of everybody. And yeah. so I've loved her in the You're Wrong About podcast. She started a new podcast, I think it was last year, um, called You Are Good. And she does it with a, a guy whose name I can't remember right now. Uh, and it's a movie podcast. And so every episode they take some like big film, usually from our childhood. They did Hook recently, for example. Okay. And um, they do it they're very, very supportive of the films that they review. And so they often pick films that we all kind of make fun of, but then they're like, actually, this is a good film and this is why. Uh And I listen to a lot of podcasts that just like trash and make fun of movies and they're fun. But there's something that's like very warm about this one where I'm like, like, oh yeah, I guess. So they, for example, they did Titanic recently. Okay. And they spent an entire hour being like, yeah, we all make fun of this, but this is actually a good movie and here's why. And here are like the things that are, 
being taught, the principles that are being taught throughout this movie that are actually really good. Yeah. And like by the end, I was like, maybe I am too hard on Titanic. You're not, <laughs> but I appreciate that other perspective. Yeah. So it's it's fun. Um, the reason why I texted you about it is they did this week. They did Arrival, which I know is one of your favorite uh-huh. movies, and their analysis about what the messages of Arrival are is are so good. Okay. Like I was like getting very emotional listening I mean, to it. I can't even talk about Arrival I know. without getting emotional. I've seen you cry talking about Arrival. Okay. So yeah, you are good. I totally recommend it. Can't wait to check it out. Um, my current favorite podcast is called 60 Songs That Explain the 90s. Mm. And I know I brought it up here before, but it's from a music writer named Rob Hervela. Hervela. Um, and it's a ringer podcast, so you can only listen to it on Spotify. But every week he identifies a song that comes from the 90s. And this is anything from Mariah Carey to Fiona Apple to Nirvana to um, uh, Killing in the Name of Rage Against the Machine. Uh-huh. Uh, and he talks about the genre in which they performed, who the artists are, how they reached this song that is usually like their most popular song, who were the people involved, and what did it say about the society at the time, and what was the aftermath of them releasing the song. And then he brings on a guest to talk about the impact that song had on their lives. Mm. Um, as someone who tends to romanticize the 90s, mm. this has been a good wake-up call for me because those were some dark times. And mm. anyone who was not a straight white male was very marginalized in the 90s. And for example, I listened this morning to the episode about Fiona Apple's Criminal, which is one of my all-time favorite songs. Mm. Um, And Fiona Apple, the music video for this is her in a bathtub, like making kind of these sultry faces at the camera the whole time. And every reporter at the time was like, dude, she's so hot. It was a commentary on the sexual assault she had experienced when she was 14. Uh. And she kept saying this in interviews and no one wrote about it. They (laughs) refused to acknowledge that that's what this video was about. Uh. You know, and she was beat up for wearing Birkenstocks and for not fitting like the Jessica Simpson mold. But she's like one of the greatest artists of all time. Mm -hmm. And my friend Kate, I call her my friend. We've like had a conversation. Katie Baker at The Ringer was the guest interview for it. And she talked about the atmosphere that we were growing up in at that time where moms were so scared about their teenage girls and all reading reviving Ophelia and girl interrupted. And there was Mm. just so much concern for girls who weren't bright and friendly. And Fiona Apple was kind of the spokesperson for that. Every episode is that in depth and insightful and mind blowing. And like some of the best writing I've ever experienced. It's completely scripted. He reads the whole thing and it is astounding cannot recommend this podcast enough i've listened to one episode of it so far and i totally second all of that it was yeah it 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 does it takes you back to the 90s and then gives you kind of a different view than i had anyway as a child of the 90s uh really really fun yeah podcast what else have you been listening to so my my number one comfort podcast uh my favorite thing to listen to is still i hate it but i love it yeah (laughs) Um, Jocelyn Getty and Kat Angus. I just think they are, they're Canadian. Um, it's a movie podcast. Every, every episode, I guess I have a thing for movie podcasts. I know I have a thing for movie podcasts. Every episode they take a movie that they hate and love at the same time. And then they just poke fun at it. Mm -hmm. And they are so funny. 
They just, I am laughing out loud while I listen to this. This is my podcast that I listen to while I'm cooking. And it's just sort of like my way of decompressing from the day. Um, they've, they've released like 200 episodes now. And so there's like a, a deep bench of, of really, really good content. The absolute funniest one speaking of is their episode on Titanic, <laughs> which I've listened to like seven times. It's really great. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, so yeah, totally recommend. I hate it, but I love it. My next one is Who Weekly, which I know Ooh, I also yeah. bring up all the time. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay and Bobby host Who Weekly, and it's the tagline is everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Mm. So they don't, they refuse to talk about thems. Thems are celebrities who everyone knows their name. They only talk about who's. So celebrities, when you hear their name, you say who? Yeah. And these celebrities tend to be 20 percent wilder than the thems because they're so thirsty for attention mm. and so the things they do are often outrageous yeah like today i was listening on my way down here and they were talking about grimes who is kind of a them now but she's cuspy mm -hmm. and an interview went to grimes house to uh do a profile on her i think for vanity fair and he heard a baby crying upstairs and he was like, Grimes, did you have another baby? Grimes had a whole second secret baby with Elon Musk that nobody <laughs> knew about. Uh -huh. Invited a reporter to her house and thought he wouldn't notice when an infant started crying. What? Wild behavior. Yeah. So stuff like that, so fun to listen to. They do a Monday show and a Thursday call. A Thursday show and the Thursday, Friday show. The Friday show is Who's There? Where mm -hmm. people call in and they ask questions or leave comments and they respond to them and it's this really fun community of a lot of inside jokes huh who weekly okay you've recommended that to me so many times i need to finally just check it out it's so funny yeah okay i'm on it who weekly I'm who weekly that on my way home i don't know if i recommend this um but i listen to it <laughs> the have i talked to you about the bechdel cast before yeah have you listened to it? No, because <laughs> your recommendation was like, Ugh. I, I either really love it or I can't stand it. And I don't know which okay. it is. So is on the theme of movie podcasts, another movie podcast I listen to. And I noticed a couple of years ago, I just stopped listening to serious podcasts because I was like, I have enough of that in my life. Yeah. I need my podcast. I every time this. I turn on the daily, I'm like, I, I have to spot check the daily. It stresses me out to yeah. listen every day. Um, but yeah, so the Bechdel cast, it's uh, these two women who review movies from the perspective of how the movie treats women. Mm -hmm. And um, it's interesting. They're funny. They sometimes it's sometimes it's too much. It's it's too woke for me. Yeah. Where like they'll they'll extrapolate like all this misogyny out of like one little thing that I'm like, that feels like a really big stretch. <laughs> like when you're writing a thesis paper and you need to make it seven pages and you have five and you're like, let's throw in some patriarchy references. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, they'll, it, for example, they'll periodically, they'll be like, and then there's a scene where these two women start having an argument because, you know, we always have to make sure women are fighting with each other. <laughs> and it's just like, well, but some, sometimes the characters in stories just fight. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and, and so contention kind of adds to a narrative. Yeah, and so they, there's stuff like that every once in a while. But I will say, I have learned a lot from listening to this podcast because there are a lot of things that I'm like, I have never thought about how that is not a good way to portray 
you know, people or that's not a good way to talk about women, for example, or people of color. And now that now that I'm like kind of listening to this conversation, I'm like, oh, that makes sense to me. <laughs> and so like it has it has had a positive influence on me. Mm-hmm. And I do find it usually pretty entertaining. But every once in a while, I'm kind of like rolling my eyes and like I have to take a break from this. So I don't know, like if that sounds like it might be your jam, check it out. Find like movies that you're interested in that they've done and see. Um, they do something that drives me crazy. Um, and by the way, they would have just gotten really mad at me for saying the word crazy. Um, th- that's a, one of their things. Uh, a thing that they do that really bothers me is they take like 15 minutes to get into the episode. And I hate it when mm. podcasts do that. You had me listen to, what was we, that podcast? We do that on Strangerville. We did that. Well, Strangerville, <laughs> Strangerville doesn't have a point. <laughs> Strangerville is just an hour of rambling, Meg. So yeah, we do get right to the rambling. No, no, no. You you had me listen to... Blank Check. Blank Check. Yeah. And I they I was, you know, wanted to hear the movie they were going to review. And I literally skipped to 55 minutes before they finally started talking about the movie. And I was like, What? Why did you guys need to just talk for 55 minutes? They're funny. Yeah. I don't know. He's a comedian. Yeah. So it's you like it or you don't. Yeah. And I think it just didn't work for me. So speaking of uh, overly woke, which I know that's uh-huh. not very woke of me to say overly woke, mm-hmm. but I had a conversation with a political strategist years ago that I think about all the time. And he talked about how you need people not even within the goalposts, but outside of the goalposts to move a society. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have, he gave the example of Jim DeBacchus, who Mm -hmm. is a local politician, who was a Democrat and like pretty wild, pretty Mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. um, Bombastic a lot of the time. And his actions helped the rest of the quieter Democrats in the Utah state legislature gain traction. Yeah. So in your example, you know, these women, like, it can be a lot, but you get some useful insight from it, right? And you're like, oh, that's a thing I never thought about. I like, I respect those people. Me too. We we talk about, speaking of Equality Utah, like, we talk about this all the time because Equality Utah is a very, it's a very grown-up organization. I feel like um, our director, Troy Williams, is very good at kind of, like, navigating the road without being in your in people's faces yeah but we talk about all the time that like but there is a place for the loud activism too and the loud activism actually allows organizations like ours to kind of do the quiet work and get people to shift yeah because the loud activists are pulling so hard on on one end yeah yeah and i I respect it too even though it can sometimes be insufferable yeah yeah that's the thing it's often insufferable we're like But it, it helps inform people like me and people like me. And by me, I mean people who are typically in the middle somewhere, mm. you know, um, and at least understand other perspectives. Yeah. Um, speaking of too serious, I a lot of times I just can't do the daily because yeah. it's so somber and I know it's important. But I like Today Explained from Vox. Um, they do news stories, but it's just a little peppier okay. and they explain the same kinds of things. Okay. Um, and they do it in a very reasonable way. Um, you know, so all of this week's are like about Putin and Russia, which isn't a cheery subject, but it's 
purely informational and not as like it doesn't feel like doomsday yeah doesn't the daily kind of make you feel like doomsday a lot yeah, of the time it's very they they do they have the reporters on the ground they'll be like hi this is marcia yeah i'm in kiev right now yeah city's really quiet i just heard a bomb and you're like marcia get out and of then, there yeah and i'm like i'm not really getting news from this yeah you're get you're they're effective at communicating a feeling though. Yeah, and you know I think both have their place. Uh, this yeah. one today explained is just very good at giving me the information. Okay. So one of them that I listened to recently was why aren't we rushing to Ukraine to defend Ukraine? Right. And they run through all the reasons. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I listened to this. You know, okay. this makes sense to me in a way that hadn't made sense to me before. And then just one more, and then I want to hear your last one. Okay. Um, good one. Is, oh, yeah. I know I've talked about this before, but he brings on comedians. He has them explain a joke that they do in their stand-up or on a show or whatever. And the process that goes into writing the joke. Mm-hmm. And if you are a writer in any sort of capacity, I think that it is one of the best podcasts to listen to about all of their writing processes and identifying what makes something funny. Can't recommend it enough. I think I listened to, because there was one with John Mulaney mm-hmm. that I listened to and I really enjoyed it. By the way, did you see his SNL monologue? Yeah. It was great. It was so about halfway through it, Skyler said, this is so refreshing that he's just addressing yeah. the problems. Cause he, he jokes about uh, having to go to rehab and his friends having an intervention with him. And it's funny, but it's also like pretty raw. Yeah. It's the most raw I've ever seen him yeah. for sure. Yeah. And yeah, he's, I mean, I wish he could host every week. I know. He's so good on that show. And the sketches that they do when he's on are really, really bad funny. shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're so weird. It's exactly my brand. You yeah. know, that's what I love the most. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, I think I'll close off by just saying I quit Reply All. Did you quit? I did. And I don't know how to feel about it. Mm-hmm. But... I don't like that he left. I don't either. I don't like that it was such a pitchfork holding. I don't know. I don't know how to talk about this sensitively. Um, Right. Because I don't know that much about unions, to be honest, because we're not a union state. And I know that unions are a much bigger deal in other parts of the country. And I know that for a lot of people of color, unions are important for a lot of reasons. And that was part of the narrative here. Yeah. I I'm frustrated with kind of everyone involved because I think he could have apologized and stayed on well, th- and he just bailed. That's what this is why I was frustrated with the situation is he did apologize before he even got called out for it. Oh, okay. And so like that's what bugged me was the the story as far as I understand it was he was opposed to unionizing, which is like a, a position that was offensive to to uh, minority people within the organization because they were like, you're you are, you are opposing something that we need in order to protect us. Mm-hmm. And I it, like good for them for like calling that out. But as he 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 was opposing it, then he realized that what what he was doing was hurting minorities within the organization. So he changed course. He acknowledged that he had done that. He apologized for it and said, I shouldn't have been opposing this. I should have been supporting it all along. And then everybody kind of moved on. And then somebody came out later and was like, hey, but he used to he used to oppose the unionizing. 
And then he's like, yes, I sure did. I hereby resign. And it was just like, wait, what? I know. Why did that happen like that? And are we missing context? Maybe. What part of this is not being told? But it happened so quick. Such a good podcast. It was such a good podcast. And now I can't listen to it. And I'm so sorry, but his replacement, I don't really like him. I don't think he's funny. And like, I listened to that podcast because it was was informative, but it was also really funny. And like, if it's not going to be funny anymore, then I'm not interested. My jacket zipper just broke. Oh, I was like, why are you opening your, why are you flashing me? Um, So you wish. I'm sad about that. I was curious if you were still watching it, if you could tell me that I should keep giving it a try but i just i just quit yeah i mean i think you made the right choice okay know. thank you now i'm really concerned about my jacket zipper thanks for listening everybody <laughs> okay um i'm gonna finally watch all the oscar movies yeah so let's talk about them next when week. is the oscars I'm, I'm gonna be gone i think it's the 27th oh it's coming right up okay okay so we'll we'll talk next week about the oscar movies we've watched thus far thank you so much for listening mm-hmm.